Welcome to Champagne Sunday. I'm Lauren. I'm Bonnie. I'm Beth. And we're going to talk about life after divorce. And living the best the life. The best life and the life you love. Yes, living the life you love on that other side. Cheers. 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 Welcome. topic do you talk to your kids about finances about budgeting about what your goals are what their goals are you know what I mean like it have you used any of this as a teaching model for your kids or how far did you let them in so they'd know hey we don't have this expend you know, money to just throw at things this is not the way the world works like what did you do with that so I got a call from a counselor that said, hey, I can't divulge too much, but I can say that you need to have an in-depth conversation with your girls because the youngest is really stressing over money. And I was like, oh, okay, all in. She goes, and I mean, you need to lay it out there. Showing bank statements would be fantastic. Make it concrete. And I thought, okay, all right. So, youngest comes home. She is in the sixth grade, maybe fifth grade. So, think young. That's like 10. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. She's using words like homeless and destitute. <laughs> because all 10-year-olds use the word destitute. And I Where thought, did she get this? Let's think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe here yeah. at the other And home. especially if they don't want to see you doing well and yes. they cut you off from everything yes. and ground you in the ground and they really can't believe that you that are doing actually well. doing well with the little bit that you have. Yes. You know? Yeah, I've, I've done that. I've done that before. So I said, okay, child, come sit at the table. Let's have a little life lesson. And I pulled up Redstone Federal, and I pulled up the other bank, and I pulled all the things, and I said, here's my spreadsheet. Here's what it takes to run this house. $1,585. Here's what I make. Lots more than $1,585. Here's what we normally spend. Lots more than $1,585. Tell me something that you have asked for that the answer was a hardcore no. Well, I can't think of anything. Keep thinking. I'll wait. Well, she didn't come up with anything. So we talked about, here's what's in savings. Here's what's at the financial institution where I invest. Here's what I have saved for your college. Here's what Grandpa has saved for your college, which was probably $4,000. Not a lot. Don't hear Megan. But at moves. 10 and 11, college is paid for with $4,000. So, so it's a good start. <laughs> so we talked about what would happen, what would have to happen before we were homeless. Okay. All the bad things. I could lose my job. I could do this. I could do that. I will never lose my education. I will never lose my ability to. Now, I'm sure there's a way I could screw up bad enough that I might not be able to teach. But we're going to try real hard not to hurt children or, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> right. 
I can do just, any of those things. Yeah. Do yeah. any, any of those things. Now, screw it up. Do I joke with kids and say stuff like, now, if you do that again, I'm going to chunk an Expo marker. Yeah, and have I thrown an Expo marker bounced off table? Yes, probably. But never do I just, like, physically hurt kids. No, but I joke around. Too much, I'm sure. But again, I can retire tomorrow, and I would still have a pension. So hopefully that would save me today. So anyway, we go through all the things. And finally I said, okay, so let's keep going. Before we end up on the street, what could we do? Well, we could sell the house. We could, you know, get an apartment. We could do, we could, we could, she came up with all these ideas. She came up with, not me, because it doesn't mean anything if you just bark and talk. And it could, well, we could also move to Illinois, because that's where I'm from. And grandma and grandpa would take us in because they were still alive and all the things. And I'm like, do you really think grandpa would ever let us lose our house? Do you? If he thought we were really make, working hard and trying, nah, he wouldn't. Okay. So do you think we're ever going to end up in a box on the side of the street? Or do you think that's a scare tactic? Or just somebody just talking to be talking? Yeah. Okay, now can we sleep through the night? Okay. Do you want me to share this spreadsheet with you so you can go back and look at it? Or are you good? No, she was good. So we went through all the things. But she had to see it in black and white. And I'm happy to share that with her. And she needs to see what are the choices we're making and how are we getting there. So my oldest one time said something about generational wealth. What does it take to have generational wealth? Well, that's not something that's in my vocabulary. I don't, I don't even know what that number is. Is that a million dollars? Is that two million dollars? Twenty million dollars? Seven dollars and fifty-six cents? I don't know how far you have to stretch your cash to be able to say I'm providing generational wealth. Because to me, it's just I'm passing on money from one generation to the next. So she was talking about that one day, and she goes, you know, like. Being able to take, like, having enough money to pass on that we can take, like, real vacations. <laughs> so I was like, oh, you mean, like, like, last summer? Where we went to Europe for 21 days? That, that kind of vacation? And you could just see her going, oh, yeah, like that. I said, okay, check, gotcha. So it just means different things to different people. But I want to make sure... When I retire at 56 years old, that's how old I'll be, 56. That's, that's fantastic. 56. That's amazing. And single, and a mom of three. And I want my girls to have, they had a bucket list, a mama bucket list. Now the ex, I don't know that he cared about everything I cared about on this list, but I wanted my girls before they flew the coop and they're done with me, not done with me forever, but you know, like on their own, I wanted them to have experienced certain things. I want them to be able to go to a city and not be afraid because they've been to the city. I want them to be able to drive in a new place and not be afraid because that's not common everywhere. There are women all over who won't do that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think men understand that fully. Mm -hmm. I want them to feel confident to get on a plane and go somewhere in the continental United States. And I want them to travel internationally. Now, my heart, I want them to go on a mission trip. I want them to give their life over to Jesus. I want them to feel confident in their walk with Christ. That's big. But that's not me to 
I mean, I want him to model that. I want him to see that. I want him to have that mission heart here in the U.S., here at home, here in Decatur, Alabama. I want them to know that they should, you know, if they're baking cookies, they should take some to that, that other person. Mm -hmm. It can be the lady down the street. It can be the neighbor. It can be that lady at church that we all love because she's, she's fun or she's feisty or she's whatever. And we have that person and just don't forget them. You know, we don't see this one lady very often, but I love her. She is phenomenal. So we just take her little goodie every so often because we just don't want her to be forgotten or to think she's forgotten. So I want my girls to see that model and to know that they need to still do that. I think you've given them a good thing. I, I think having a daughter, um, I actually had this conversation with her this weekend. Um, she has seen me struggle. She has seen the spreadsheet. She does know exactly the kind of budget that we run on. She does know that I stayed out 20 years as a stay-at-home mom and how hard it was for me to get back in the workplace. I talk to her all the time about getting her education, oh. being able to support herself. I think it's great if she decides to get married and have, have that, but I don't want her to ever be in the position that I was, left high and dry, not having worked for 20 years, having to figure it out. I mean, not that she couldn't, because I think, I mean, she knows how to cook. She knows now how to drive. She she has been on a plane. She has navigated the city by, you know, with me there, but we did that in DC. I made her look on the map to see everywhere we're going and plan it and all that. I think it's, um, I think it's a great service to them to know that you do struggle. It's not all just, Hey, mom makes money. Yeah, there's so a, we can there's spend not money. just like an endless amount no. available, right? And to know that you do have to make hard decisions. And I think sometimes maybe women have to make harder decisions because sometimes you're not given a financial education background or you have not been able to know how much money you have or but I don't want her to ever have to Um, work from a base of fear. I want her to have confidence, even if she hasn't done something, that she can do it, that she can learn it, that she has watched me struggle and knows we took this a step at a time, we figured it out, you know, and we're, we work at well, it every day. And just to know that, or to get to a point where you don't have to rely on anybody else. Like, exactly. Especially for girl. I mean, I have an only child who's a male. I think that's a little bit different for boys just because of the of the societal structure, which is dumb, frankly. But um, but for women, I mean, we're taught to like, I, I hate to say this, but we're sort of taught to find somebody that's going to, I mean, my yeah. parents even still do this to me today. I mean, I had it, Yes, I, because, I sort yes. of had it happen to me this week from one of my parents. So, but I don't want to ever rely on anyone financially ever again. I certainly don't want my son to do that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, just to communicate that, like, you need to be able to function on your own as if there was never going to be any other person's finances right. in your life. Well, but I think it's important that they watch you struggle and that they yeah. do, like, you took your daughter through the financial thing. My daughter knows how much money I make and what we have going out and the things that are priority that 
that you have to spend money on. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, she's got a job now. Thank goodness she likes making money. She loves it. So she is now paying for some of those little incidental things that are wants, not needs. Well, and I don't know if I gave enough information to all three of my girls. They went to their dad's house every other week. So, I don't know, I don't know. The youngest, she saw it. The middle one, did it. The oldest was out of the house at college. But the oldest one is financially smart, so she's got a good head on her shoulders and she's kicking it. But one thing that I also did recently that I would love to encourage people to do, so all three of my girls are making money. Okay. My youngest, uh, works at an Italian restaurant here in town that is fantastic, sorry. And um, she uh, made the least of all three of them because she's the youngest and it was a part-time gig. So when my father passed away, you know, all of a sudden you have an inheritance and I was like, okay, what do I want to do with this? And what's going to make an impact moving forward? And so um, I just remember the ex talking about Roth IRAs and all the things and then Dave Ramsey talking about you know if your kids have let's say ten thousand dollars invested by the time they are and he has all these little charts and I just remember thinking ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars okay well the minimum or I'm sorry the maximum you can invest in a year is six thousand or in the Roth in a Roth IRA in a Roth six thousand six thousand yeah so I took six thousand dollars for each of the girls and put it in a Roth IRA and from the money I inherited. And I just remember thinking, if I could just maybe 2,000 it and 2,000 it as I go before retirement, and I don't know if I'll get there, but maybe. And if they could have $10,000. Now the oldest one, she invests, she's gonna have more than. But in the other, uh, the middle one, she invests as well. And hers comes directly out of her pay. I don't know how much she has or what that looks like. But the youngest one, you know, she's still in college. She's just turned 19. So, you know, as you look at it, I just remember thinking, if I could just start their IRAs, and if they could just forget about it, just don't even think about it. Mm -hmm. And when they get to be 55, 65, because uh, yeah. 59 and a half is when you can actually touch them. And if the stock market doesn't just totally do something crazy, what will that actually be? It'll be a lot. So I saw something recently that it was, and I sent it to all my kids, that if in your 20s you start putting back $20 a week, just $20 a week, you'll have over a million dollars. Like you'll have, like it will yeah. just, but you have to start in your 20s. In your 20s, $20 a week turns into this phenomenal amount of money at my age. I'm like, okay, y'all need to be, you know, this needs to be happening yeah. for them. That's something that I wish I could tell every young person. So I was feeling all convicted about this. So um, we were standing in the hall. There were four teachers, four gray hairs, as we like to call ourselves. We joke. Uh, two of them color their hair and two of us don't. But anyway, so we're standing in the halls, and I'm like, so if you had to go back over and if you could change things, what would you do differently? And we talked about, you know, home life balance because teachers have a tendency to put your school first because schoolwork, oh my gosh, I got to get my grades on. I got to get this done. I got to get my lesson plans. I got to do all those things. And then um, sometimes our home doesn't get quite as much attention as what it needs to. And um, 
So we talked about that. And then the next thing that came up was I would put more money in investments at a young age. But you always feel like you're broke. Mm -hmm. We always do. All young people do. We don't make a lot of money when we're young. You know, my first big paid salary was $17,414 a year. Y'all, I thought I was stinking rich, and I did not bring home $1,000 a month. I remember when my paycheck finally made it to $1,000, I was like, whoa, I'm so excited! You know, but, but, everything was relevant, I'm sure. But anyway, looking back on all the fun things, but I put a little bit away every month, every month. It wasn't a lot, but it was a little bit. And if we could teach our kids and the young teachers and the young professional nurses and doctors and all those people that it doesn't have to be. You don't have to invest a thousand dollars a month. But if you could do twenty dollars a week, or if you can do twenty-five dollars a month, or fifty dollars, you won't miss it if you don't ever see it. Have it automated. Have it come out the second your check hits. And it'll be okay. You'll learn to live without it every single month. Just have them do that. It would be phenomenal. The end result will be amazing. Well, and talking about the difference between boys and girls, just slightly back to a, a topic. You have a boy, mm -hmm. and I have two boys. So one thing I hope they do for their future women in their life is make sure that they make sure that they're on the same page yeah. with their their significant other. That yes. they are not. That they make sure that their significant other has their own accounts. Yeah. But that everybody knows how things are doing and that they're planning together. Mm -hmm. And if one of them understands something, the other doesn't. That they're open. Like we mm -hmm. can raise our boys in such a way that they yeah. are making sure that the way we were raised, without all of this money knowledge, does is not continuing to happen. Mm -hmm. That that kind of dies with our generation is mm -hmm. what I hope. You know that they are much more partnered in that way well I feel like that's much more it's just what happens now I think so too I, mean, I think that's I know, know I know very few I have very few female friends who are not employed like who don't work outside the home you know what I mean yeah and if it's if you're ha if you have two full-time jobs or full-time salaries you have to include everybody on what's mm -hmm. going on with the money one you, well, you would to. think so. It, you, you would say have to, to, but that was not my experience. But but you but that but that's what's best. I, well, I, for a relationship, I, we right? so in I my think so. in my situation, everything was separate. Everything was separate. So, I think we had names on each other's accounts, but we paid for everything very separately. Like, like we had the bills split and paid. It, and I oh. never knew what was going on. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah, that'd be hard. Oh, see, and I never knew girl. what was going on. There were no joint accounts except for mine. Girl, mine was a joint account, but none yeah. of his accounts were joint. You know, when when I split, when the divorce was final, I still didn't know what it was because. Oh, I didn't either because I never got discovery for but, that. Well, discovery was going to take more time than it was to actually get finish the thing, and at that point, it had been almost a year, and I. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't do it anymore. And mine just when didn't do discovery. Accounts I didn't even know. Yeah. 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 Well, that's so mine when our discovery was due before we went to mediation, he just didn't do it. Yeah. And we still finished mediation. So we could have put it that my choice was mediation today or we go to court. So it wasn't like. So. Yeah. To control things. Yeah. 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 
Don't we all know it? <laughs> it's a control thing. Yeah, hindsight. All right. Well, what about just this is a total. I feel like so. I feel like I come from from a place of privilege in that I have family members who are financially able to help me out when I get in a major pinch. I think most of us are kind of in that situation. Yes, no, Beth, no. So what do we, like, what do you do? I mean, there are several situations I've been in in the last year and a half that I don't know what I would have done had I not had a family member to sort of step in and help me navigate it. So like, what, what do you do if you're a woman who's just been through divorce and you don't have that sort of um, support system? Like what, what was your experience? I just whittled everything down to the bare, bare walls. Like when I say, I, I, I always say I lived on air for about mm -hmm. eight months and literally if it wasn't something that I absolutely had to do, like my child, my youngest was in private school and that was in the divorce decree. That, but I had to go that to she the had headmaster. To I had to go to the headmaster and say, he's supposed to pay it. I can't cover it. I don't have the means to do that. I would if I could. And I prayed over it and, and it was a God thing. I got floated for five months, five or six months. Mm -hmm. Because and, he wasn't paying it? Well, he wasn't paying it until they, the, until they got him to a certain point, you know, sort of like an eviction. They had to wait, have him, and then he started paying it. But I think he, it was a power move and a control thing. Like, if I don't pay it, she'll just pay it. But I couldn't. So wow. that was a, I mean, and I would not call my dad for that, or I, I just wouldn't do that. And so, um, you know, I had a lot of incidences like that where, I mean, I was basically winging it. Mm -hmm. And I did because I had done diagrams in years before to get in the house that I got granted that I couldn't pay for. Until mm -hmm. um, it got refinanced. When it got refinanced, everything, it was like a huge weight was off my shoulder after everything was refinanced. But I had to wait. Instead of the six months, I had to wait nine months because he couldn't pay me consistently. You have to have a paycheck consistently. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to get my nursing um, license back and get a job. And I want to tell you, there's some prejudice out there. I was, I'm an ex-doctor's wife. And when I went for an interview, the assumption was she don't need the job. And I was living on air. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like it was, it was tough to get a job. Because they assumed you had good money from they the divorce. They just assumed, yeah, and it was not there. Mine has the same breakdown after his name that yours does. And so, after working for about 30 years, he had this much in his IRA because he believed in it. Oh. So, there was nothing. When I say there was nothing, <laughs> there was nothing left. So, it was, it was hard. Mm -hmm. and, but, you know, I had two kids looking at me. counting on me and so you you well, do what you have to do and you also made a hard decision to move here where cost of living is a little bit less i assume and you, uh, downsized, you have state income tax and you and you downsized your that's home that's a big thing which you don't realize you talked about those hidden little 
things when you make a decision. Oh, look I went from zero state income tax to paying a state income tax. And so I don't know that I went from a very small town to a very small town that's kind of on the uptick, you know, because yeah. of because of um, Huntsville. So, well, you downsized your house also. I did downsize you? my seriously. house. Thank goodness, I seriously so, downsized my house. Well, I went to move into Illinois, where I'm from, so that I'd have support of my sister, my mom mm -hmm. and dad, and my old friends. Thinking I need my family, mm -hmm. but the state property taxes, like my mom's house is sixteen hundred square feet, but has a big garage, but her property taxes are about four thousand dollars a year. Oh so God. you're looking at like a whole mortgage mm -hmm. payment every month just for property taxes. Yeah, and that's you never going to look go at away. all those hidden things, and you're just like, oh my goodness. But this so. was a good move for me because I do have my dad and my brother here and friends and I knew the layout of the town and I pretty much knew you know it's not moving to a whole new town where I didn't mm -hmm. know the school system or where uh, you know all that kind of stuff so I did have support that way um, and I did have a lot of emotional support so it has turned out to be a really great move mm -hmm. but um, there are just things that you just hunker down and you just have to like, you just have to keep taking one little step, one little step, one little step to keep going in the, the right direction. Mm -hmm. But it is tough, and finances will keep you up at night. And they will do you in. I mean, I mm -hmm. had many nights, I have a friend that was uh, in the banking industry, and she's very smart, and I would call her crying, it is not going to work out. I don't see how it's going to work out this month. And she would talk me off the ledge about once a week. Then I get up the next morning and go to work. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so Carolyn, what is your one? I know you told us that your biggest piece of advice is to get the list together, find out exactly where you are, because you can't do anything if you don't know what that is. What would be, like, when we end on your second really big piece of advice as to what it is that people can do to get a handle? on their financial situation after divorce. So once you figure out where you are, make a plan. Make a plan and then work the plan. Um, I tell everybody set small goals. Set tiny goals if you have to. It might be a $5 win today. It might be I'm not going to McDonald's. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna run to the grocery store. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. It's gonna be some small goal and you're gonna celebrate that goal. But you're not going to celebrate that goal by picking up that phone and ordering something on Amazon. <laughs> it's going to be a no-spend day, and then we're going to try to turn that into a no-spend two days. Um, it's breaking that cycle of trying to make us feel better by getting something. And if you think about how many times you've done that, that becomes a little bit more and a little bit more. And then, okay, so we only have this much coming in, this pot of money. How can we increase that pot of money if we can whittle down what's going out now how can we increase what's coming in and it doesn't matter how much is coming in if we don't decrease what's going out because if that's not where you start this will just get bigger and bigger and bigger and I know I'm talking with my hands on a podcast but <laughs> <laughs> she is talking with her hands <laughs> but if we cannot decrease what we're spending and if that continues to increase, it doesn't matter what you make. You can make $1,000 in a month or you can make $10,000 in a month. 
But if we keep spending more and more and more trying to make ourselves feel better, we'll never feel better. You've got to start getting your happy on based on that bottom line of what's left. That's got to be something that you go, okay, I got, I got $10 left extra. Maybe I'll flip that to savings or maybe I'll put that towards my credit card or maybe I'll pay off that one whatever. So I'll go back to Dave one last time. I know y'all are sick of hearing about him, but his debt snowball that he talks about, he'll tell you to pay off the smallest debt first. Now, every financial person out there will say, pay off the highest interest rate first. That's not his philosophy and it's not his philosophy because from what I understand, and he'd have to speak to it on his own, but it's go for the win. Go for a small win first. It's all psychological. It's go for the win, feel good about it. So if let's say we have $50 left on paying off that dental procedure, whatever it is, pay it off. Pay off that $50 even if it had zero interest because that's one win. I had a win today. Sometimes that's all we need. Mm -hmm. I had a win today. I don't owe that dentist one dollar. Yay! Mm -hmm. And learn to celebrate those things. And that celebration might just be, I'm going to go sit in the sunshine. You know what? Sunshine's free. Now, my, <laughs> I did mention those 157 stitches. Don't sit in the sunshine without a hat on. But go sit in the sunshine. But my point being, do something that's free and for you. And I forget to do that sometimes. I forget to celebrate the wins. Because I'm looking for the next, what else do I need to do? What else do I need to do? Because I got a whole lot of what else's do I need to do. My list is long and it's arduous and it's overwhelming and it's all those things because it's constant. And I want to be there for my girls and I want to do a good job at teaching. And I don't move as fast as I once did. I used to be a steamroller. Well, currently, I won't say I'm a steamroller at all. I would say I, I'm still rolling, but um, maybe it's a golf cart now, not a steamroller. So I'm still moving just, you know, at a different click. And so for me to get as much done as I used to, it takes me a little bit longer. So I, 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 gotta, I gotta remember to celebrate sometimes and to take that happy and to take that win. So I would say, set your, get your list going. What do you owe? What do you got coming in? What are you doing? And then start making some lists and set a goal. Crush that goal and move on. And what's your next thing? Um, you know, how much crap do you have sitting around your house that you don't need? Well, do a yard sale. Do a yard sale, get a couple hundred bucks and throw it at one of those debts. Get one of those debts paid off. Let's go for it. Let's pay off something, even if it's little. And then you take that and you put it onto the next debt. Maybe you were putting $50 towards the dentist every month and you just paid it off. Well, it's $50. It's now going to go to whoever, you know, the orthopedist, the credit card, the credit card, the whoever. And then you keep snowballing it up. So that'd be my next piece of advice. And to plan something fun. Mm -hmm. And plan something that's not screaming expensive. And it might be going out to eat. It might cost you a little bit. But you don't have to go to the most expensive steakhouse to have fun. Make it something. Something. Be present. Mm -hmm. Be present. Because that's all our kids really want. They don't have to have a high dollar steak. They don't know the difference anyway. They're going to eat two bites. They're going to have three sips off that soda. Well, and they're not going to remember that. They're going to remember an experience. That's right. So instead, make a sandwich and go to the park and go watch the trains come in down here by the river and throw the ball. They're going to remember that you took your cell phone 
You turned it to silent and you threw it in the picnic basket and you were present. That's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember the rest of it. So, have fun. Well, thank you. Thank you, for thank you very Thanks. much for joining us. I think we need to clink on that one Clink tonight, on that please. one. Thank oh, good evening, girls. Yay. Ah. All right. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for joining us for Champagne Sunday. See you next week, girls. Yeah. Cheers. Have a good week. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs>